there. Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) How are you today? What's going on? I am doing good over in the Bougetto hood. (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) Well, welcome, y'all, to another episode of Beauties and Banter. I'm Toya Nicole. And I am your girl, Renee B. And so we are here to dish about the latest hot topics, getting into a little banter about uh, what's going on in the pop culture world. And we want to tackle a very interesting topic that's been floating around in the media for the last two weeks around this whole idea of the difficult and angry black woman. Um, So we want to talk about the celebrity experiences um, that are keeping that in the news right now and just kind of our own personal experiences. So, but first, let's get into some mess. Girl, yes, let's get into it. Okay, let's. Where we gonna start? I I wanna start with Lonnie Love. So Lonnie Love from the Real has just really been in the news a lot for keeping a mess for the last week or two. She has been very opinionated over the last couple of weeks. Yes, so that's the main thing. So. First of all, Lonnie Love, host on The Real, is uh, in an interracial relationship. So one thing she's been speaking up a lot about is her relationship, how in love that she is with him, and that she finally feels like this is the one, and that she found true love in a white man. And I saw a lot of people talking about this on um, social media because she made comments in regards to black women needing to do the same right so we too need to be thinking outside our race and people have like said that before like black women are the only race that doesn't think about interracial dating right um for both genders um and so for both male and female like black women you know black men will tend to date outside the race white men will but black women don't um so we're going to play a little clip and um, chat about it. So mm. let's see. Where did she start? She got real emotional too, child. I was like, oh, bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. And you know her really well. And she's like, you know, I don't need no man. And I have my friends. Yeah. And I was like, girl, don't. And this is why I'm so emotional about it, because so many of our sisters are so lonely and they don't want to admit it. And all they got to do is just take a chance. So I don't want you to live your life without finding someone. Like when I go out on the road and I come back, it's so nice to have somebody to say, hey, or pick me up from the airport or, you know, your husband wakes up. So she says we need to take a chance. And. Do you think that's true? So but she basically was saying that she went on a podcast with another African-American woman and she's like, well, I don't need no man. 
which, you know, you hear a lot of women say that, or if it's these men ain't this, these men ain't that, but that she's lonely. And it's like she, her, she's inferring that black women don't have to be lonely, don't have to be bitter if you go take a risk in dating outside your relationship, your race. So let me say this. I don't need a man and I don't want a man, but I do desire to have a man. And the difference with that that is that, huh? You said you don't need or want, but having the desire is wanting a man, right? Not necessarily. I mean, I've had this discussion with a couple of friends of mine, friends, friends, a couple of friends recently. Mm -hmm. And what we were saying is, is that I believe in needs and wants within a relationship. But when you say that you need somebody, you're dependent upon them. Or when you say that you want something, it's because you're lacking in something. I don't feel that I'm lacking in anything. I, I understood where she was trying to come from because I don't want to say it's just a race thing, but I think this is just happening in general with women and men that people are saying they don't want a relationship partly because they've had negative experiences. So you really just don't want the kind of stuff you had before. Um, And that like being coupled is like looked upon in a certain way now. And that single is the popular thing to do where there was an era in a generation where you needed to be coupled for economic reasons. And I think because being single is so popular and prosperous now that a lot of people like downplay relationships um, and that a lot of black women in particular, as she's referring to are bitter because of the choices that they have made or what they feel are the opportunities. You know, one girl posted on Facebook that like, when you go through like black men that are incarcerated, that are, you know, not sexually attracted to women that aren't already married, they, you feel like your options are few. And so she's just trying to say, increase your your options, girl. Yeah, I definitely think you can increase your options um, and that you should increase your options. I mean, to just say that you're not going to, you know, have the outlook of different races right. and nationalities, I think is, is just limiting yourself of, of what you truly desire. So, I mean, especially if somebody is desiring and they feel like, they're putting themselves out there. They're not getting it because they're only staying in this lane of black men. I think what she's saying is try something else. But that was just one thing. So she pissed off a lot of black women and a lot of black men with that. <laughs> then she <laughs> then she went around talking about um, Portia Williams. So Portia Williams from the Real Housewives of Atlanta as we all know now, as the season is ongoing, that her fiance and baby daddy, Dennis McKinley, did cheat on her. Physically cheated on her, had sex with someone else, because y'all got While all she pregnant. While she was pregnant. Hello, gross. And now she's all over the internet and all on Bravo talking about they are reengaged. And even what, what does that mean? Like, not, come on. Somebody was like, "So, do you get another ring? Like, what is reengagement?" Um, and even talking Don't about want to make me give back. Right? She said, "Didn't he, didn't she say he asked for the ring back?" Yes, he did. Woo! So, so you go 
gonna ask me to marry you again with the same ring? I guess no, sir. Maybe that's what he did. That's why they reengaged. <laughs> you better go reengage with an upgrade. Well, so that was Lonnie's point. So thank you for saying that. Talking about upgrades and securing bags. But basically, um, Lonnie was saying how she just feels Portia is trying to secure her a, a, a wedding special and a baby special and came off like that it's all for like the wrong reasons. Because Adrian was saying like, that's a deal breaker for me. I'm good. Um, and Tam Tamara um, was basically like saying the same thing, you know, that, you know, kind of you aren't married to him yet. He showed you this when you're pregnant, that's your most vulnerable time. And he went out and cheated on you, like dump this dude. Right. And so Lonnie was saying it was all for fake girl. Portia posted it on social media. Call Lonnie love a B I T C H fake this, this, and this. So she was in her feelings about that girl. And I would be in my feelings too, because you can't really can't say what somebody would do until you're in their shoes. Yep. Um, we will always say, I'm not going to take no man cheating on me. I'm not going <laughs> to take no man um, doing this or doing that. So Tamara and Adrian can say, yeah, today these are deal breakers. But then you get in that situation and that happens to you. You might have a whole different outlook. We are women. We are uh, what Auntie, uh, Auntie Wendy says. I can change my mind at any given time and that's okay. It's not the end of the world. I don't have to be saying that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm just saying that, you know, Portia's story is different for her than it would be different for Lonnie, different for Adrian, different for Tamara. So we can't say what we're going to do until we have been there. I'm saying that I would never have done that, but then there I was. I kind of agree with Lonnie on this one. Cause I do feel like Portia is being either a little dumb or a little desperate for the check and the storyline. <laughs> because I'm like, she either really loves this man and now he her baby daddy and like she just like dumb in love. Or she's either really like, you know what? We got this kid now. I want another kid. I don't want to have a different baby daddy. Because she's talked about that before. Now I want to have a different yeah. baby daddy. You know, I mean, again, people do things for their own reasons. And so I'm like, she's either really dumb or they have an arrangement and, you know, it's all for storyline, which storyline equals more checks. And yeah, she already got a baby special. You know, they're going to pay for her wedding special. And does, I mean, does it really make her dumb at the end of the day if that's what she wants? Well, no, that's why I said she's either dumb. She's either dumb in love. You're right. Let me correct that. She's either dumb in love and staying with somebody who's not treating her right and cheating on her because I love him. Or she's she's doing it for um, monetary reasons, Um, which is smart business wise. But I still don't know if that's the best situation. Watching these episodes, I kind of feel like Portia got this baby. It's like an accessory at a certain point. Like, I'm like, this girl got the nanny all in Lake Bailey with the toys. She was pushing the stroller all wrong. I'm just like, babies are not toys. Absolutely. <laughs> and then lastly, Lonnie Love um, came to Hey, Lonnie. Okay, since we all on you, come come on the show, Lonnie, and defend yourself. Holler at us. Hey. Um, 
Lonnie also, now this time she pissed off her own co-host, Jeannie Ma, um, for coming for um, a uh, influencer and sex and dating coach, Shan Booty. Um, so Shan Booty is, um, like I said, a dating and sex expert. And um, she's like friends with uh, Jeannie. And I think like not only is she friends with Jeannie, it seems like maybe Jeannie has worked with her. Um, so her website is the game of desire. Anyway, I guess she's launching like a new program or service offering where she will actually like go on dates with you and like critique you. So I guess she's like set up somewhere in, you know, nearby. Maybe you have like a a microphone on or something like that. So they're telling this story on the reel and Lonnie makes a comment about "Mm, that's some white people stuff. And both Adrian and uh, Jeannie know this girl. And so they both spoke up. was like, she's not white. She ain't black. And so the girl actually is a woman of color. Her father is Indian. Her mother is, you know, um, biracial, mixed with like black and, you know, other races. White being one of them, but it's like her great, great grandfather or something like that. So this was truly a woman of color. And, um, everything is not black or white, <laughs> you know, pun intended. Um, right. but Jeannie went off. Honey, Jeannie was salty. Yeah. So the young lady has posted a response. I haven't checked it out yet, but Lonnie Love was just pissing folks off left and right. And she, she seems to be pretty like unapologetic about it. Like I said what I said. It's like, okay, now I'm getting this fame and fortune. I can be who I've always wanted to be and say what I've always wanted to say. And I don't care how it affects anybody around me. Yeah. And I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but you also have to be uh, cognizant of how it affects your friends and your co-hosts that also affects your bag at the end of the day. Right. So I could have never been the same the other day. So yesterday I, I went I travel uh, for work and I was coming back from Miami and I'm at the airport at O'Hare International Airport and I'm on my phone. You have a section, if you guys have never been to O'Hare, you have a section where they do the Uber pools and or the Ubers and the Lyfts where you can get your ride home. So I decide that I'm always going to do an Uber or Lyft because I never want to drive because it's too expensive to park at the airport rather than to catch a ride. Anywho, I'm looking to see, oh, let me see if I can find my Uber, if I can find my Lyft and see what the cost is. And this guy comes up to me and says, hey, are you looking for an Uber? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, my customer just canceled. I can take you. Mm -hmm. Um, Sir, sir, I need you to stop right there because I don't know you, number one. Number two, with all of these things that are going on with rape and um, how they're taking people and they're doing sex trafficking and all these other things. You think I'm going to get in an undocumented or, or a car where I don't know where I, they can't document where your moves are going. Are you serious? So did he want you to request him? No, he was like, I can just take you. I can't cause you can't request. If I request somebody, is going to give me to the next person. How are you so going to pay him? To just jump in his car. I wasn't going to pay him. I was going to pay him with my life, probably. <laughs> I 
But I mean, how did he sell this to you? Was he like, you can cash at me or... I wasn't even trying to find out the details because I was like, if I walk outside this door to even go take a picture of his license plate and and like post it or something or like send it to the police or take yeah. it to a T, uh, TSA agent or something, I think if I walk out of these doors, he could easily get me in a car. Wow. So my best thing is to stay inside of the airport. Wow. And as I'm walking past and walking down the... Um, to go to where they do the pickups, I'm in my lift going home, and the police have these two guys with their hands up against the car. And was it the same guy that you were talking to? Yes, the two cars. It was two cars that was parked outside. And, you know, you're not supposed to park right, uh, right there. They were parked and waiting for people and saying the same things. Wow. I'm sure somebody reported them. Yeah, I was looking to go report them, but I was like, I'm, if I find somebody on the way, I will, but I didn't. But it just made me think about it, and I'm like, oh my God, all these things that are going on with Uber right now, and they're having all of these rape allegations that are going unreported by the police. I mean, and that could have been me. They've had uh, like tons of them happening for over the past, what is it? Uber received 235 reports of rape occurring during a ride what? in the United States last year, an average of four a week, according Ooh. to a company review released on Thursday from um, NBC News. Wow. And we don't even That's hear it. about those. No, we don't. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's scary. I know people who refuse. I mean, I know people who refuse to ride those and they're like I know it's convenient and everything but I know several people who refuse to do it one of my friends is in insurance and she's like Mm-mm, you cannot get me to do it um and you do I mean you hear about people who um there was a case of a girl who was killed you know and it was kind of similar to you well she wasn't paying attention and she got in a car that she thought was her uber and it wasn't and then there have been people who have been, yeah, straight up picked up by the Uber or, you know, and all they do is just say, oh, check your vehicle, check your tag, blah, blah, blah. But what if you do that? And what if that person is still a bad person and does that to you? Yes. I mean, you also have to look at the child. They're saying now, look at the child safety locks. It's nighttime outside. Where am I going to look for the child safety lock to see if it's on? Right. Like. I don't get how you can do that and take time to do that. And a comedian said it the best the other day. I can't remember what I was watching. Just I do remember them saying, and when we were younger, we were taught not to ride with strangers, but here we go. Riding the Uber, <laughs> just as easy riding with strangers. What I know I used to look at it was like, well, it's just like a taxi, this, 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 but it wasn't until I became friends with a taxi driver. And I understood the big difference. And those taxi drivers own those cars. They pay licenses to the city. They go through like they have more at risk that they wouldn't even think to do. They have cameras in those cars like and you do have to think like this is a personal somebody who doesn't even pass a real background check who, you know, can fake some of that stuff and who doesn't have a true investment. They can drop you up, pick you up, rape you, and then go never drive for Uber again. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then you might 
you're too afraid to report it or either they have your address to like you were going home. So now they have your address and they can threaten you like all kinds of stuff can happen. So we really have to be cognizant of when we're taking these and, and the time of day that we're taking them and also notifying our, our friends and our family of, you know, what's going on so that somebody always knows that we're traveling in one. Yeah. I mean, and I know it's go- kind of going to the extreme, but I would rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. My sister does not like at all that I take them. I remember one time I was going to the airport and I was like an early morning flight. So I was like 5 a.m. And she's like, will you call me when you get in the Uber? I was like, girl, I'm not going to wake you up and it'll be fine. I take it all the time. And she was like, no, I want you like on the phone with me and let me know because I've been doing it for so many years. You're right. It becomes this kind of way of life. But the more reports I'm hearing, I am starting to have a little like, mm, maybe Toya, just kind of be more mindful. And do we set our lives up so that we, like you said, you choose to do it because you don't want to pay for the parking and different things like that. Maybe we have to think about, you know what, like pay for the parking or, you know, ask the friend for the ride or do whatever. Because we put ourselves out there because of the way, you know, we know Uber is a resource. And so we take advantage of it and like structure our life to depend on it in a sense still. And how about we start demanding that Uber does something about it? I mean, we need to also hold them accountable. We can't just be like, okay, so this is how we do things and we're going to be okay with it and keep it moving. No, you guys need to be more serious on how you handle your background yep. checks and how often you're doing them and the people that you're hiring. I feel and every that- time there's a sexual assault that that should be published, that there should be, this was the person, this was the action we were take. We have taken. Like There needs to be transparency on that. Absolutely. Just like they publish sexual offenders and where they live and uh, register them. Why don't you register these people? They're sexual offenders. Why aren't they registered and why isn't it noted on Uber website somewhere? Mm-hmm. Maybe after the fallout of this, because I know they put out that report and it's got a lot of people talking. Like you said, other than telling me to put on a child lock, I, w- I would like to see what action you're taking. So if anything, just educating people on the safety features that are there, what they're doing to make sure that these um, abuse uh, instances are addressed and that they are making sure their passengers are safe if they want to survive as a company. Yeah, because Uber, you guys are just going to have to do better. And speaking of do better, let's talk about NBC. And how they need to do better by our girl, Gabrielle Union. Yes. So, ooh, Chile. The, the, the way the union waits <laughs> have been <laughs> in the news for a number of things. But um, Gabrielle Union was fired from America's Got Talent. She had just joined them this season as a judge. She was fired, and then shortly after that, details around her firing came out, and she never spoke out uh, publicly, but I guess things that she had shared started to leak, and things that other people at the show discussed um, were starting to leak. One being that um, a racist joke was told 
um, around them by Jay Leno. Um, that it was actually part of the show and that they ended up cutting it out because she complained about it. Um, that there was a contestant on that was like mimicking black people. She expressed like her uncomfortability around that. She's allergic to smoke. And Simon Cowell, who is also one of the executive producers, would smoke inside in his dressing room and it would get through the vents. And she had addressed this. They did nothing about it. Then that she was told that her. Now, this one really sended me because I was like, ooh. told her that her hairstyles were too black and urged her to change them and they tried to make the excuse that like oh you just change your hair too much and it's difficult for continuity of the program continuity is real and it is important um but did they say straighten your hair did they say do more relaxed styles or do something more simple for the continuity that does speak to them you know, taking issue with her hairstyles because she wore braids a lot. And I'm like, she had braids. That don't even really change much. So continuity shouldn't even be an issue. Right. Either way, um, that all came out. And then, you know, it's, it's like she's being labeled as like difficult, but it was really a toxic workplace situation. Um, mm-hmm. So NBC got some explaining to do. I personally do not watch America's Got Talent. I follow Gabrielle Union and Shady Baby Kavia on Instagram. <laughs> so I knew she She's was on. The baby is so darn cute. I know. I knew she was on the show and they did say that this was the highest ratings and that um, her tweets and, you know, posts always got the most social media impressions. So they attribute the success to her, people that were never watching the show before started watching because of her. Her social media impressions were huge. So why would you fire that person under the guise of we're refreshing the cast? So her and Juliana Huff were fired. Um, mm-hmm. But Juliana Huff is going on to work on another project with NBC. Gabrielle is not. And she apparently had a three-year contract and you fire her after one year. And she ain't got no other NBC job to go work at. Right. So, you know, she's spoken out. Um, let me pull up a couple of tweets um, that she's talked about. You know, she's a lot of people are coming out to support um, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, Soledad O'Brien, um, um, Ellen, Ellen Pompeo. El, yeah, thank you. Meredith Gray from Gray's Anatomy. Um, and in a tweet responding to Soledad O'Brien, um, Gabrielle says support is everything. This is exhausting, anxiety inducing, and at times frightening, but being able to speak truth to power feeds my soul. Her husband, Dwayne Wade came out and tweeted and was like, my wife brought the most attention here. This, this, and this, like, you know, so that's kind of how it got out or whatever. So NBC, you know, they've also gotten flack for the way they've handled they handled the Matt Lauer thing and, you know, that they knew things before and didn't properly investigate. So what it sounds like is that Gabrielle Union was expressing what she was offended by and that she was looked over. And then in the end, you want to label her as difficult and that we as black women. So it's brought about this whole conversation of we as black women are expected to just deal with a lot of stuff. And then we have the nerve to speak out. It's like, oh, you're difficult or you're angry. But it's just like, you wouldn't dare 
Would you dare tell a white woman her hair was a certain way? Would you dare force her to deal with smoke? She's allergic. This isn't even like, no, I don't like it. She like mm-hmm. is allergic to the smoke. I know. And it's, it's crazy because I mean, I, I understand the allergic to the smoke because I'm allergic to the smoke too. And to be able to, to tell someone that they can't wear their hair the way that they should, or that their hair is too black or that, you know, when they're speaking up for themselves and what they're feeling, what they're seeing, and then it's uncomfortable and toxic work environment, you have to take those things seriously. You just can't sweep them under the rug and think that somebody's going to be okay with them yeah. or release them from their duties because they're speaking up and they have a mind for themselves. I mean, um, uh, that they're speaking uh, their mind. So you can't fire them for those things. I mean, that becomes an HR issue in the real world, but we're talking TV world, so that's something totally different. Well, it's a corporate company, though. So I have been listening to Roland Martin. You know, he's no longer on CNN, but he's brought his commentary to his Roland Martin Unplugged show. And rather, he's no longer on TV One. And he addressed it saying that, like, this sounds like a huge HR issue because Gabrielle did tweet out that she had a five hour meeting with NBC leadership and Uh she was able to get everything out. And like they were saying on the show, why is that meeting just now occurring? If she made yeah. all of these, it wasn't like she said all these things in a vacuum. It sounds like she was addressing them with somebody. So she either addressed it with her, you know, think you're like a media supervisor or something. And that person was supposed to go and roll it up the chain to HR and didn't, you know, because all of these things she's saying she's addressed. And why is she just now having that meeting? Why are they just now orchestrating that? If she reported it to her immediate supervisor, producer, and they told HR, did HR sit on it and not do anything? Absolutely. Yeah, these companies, it's media, but these companies have HR representatives that are supposed to handle things like this. So somebody dropped the ball. And somebody's going to have to get fired for it. Yeah. And um, so Tamron Hall entered the conversation Um, because she herself experienced this, as we all know, she was pushed out of the Today Show when they wanted to bring Uh in Megyn Kelly. It was a very racist move and then pushing her out, trying to excuse it with same thing. She had been labeled difficult and everything, but at the end of the day, she was pushed out because Megyn Kelly was hot stuff at the time because Donald Trump kept her name in his mouth. And this was during the election. And she was pushed out, looked over. So she... And then the show ended up being an epic fail. At, thank you. Megyn Kelly don't even exist anymore. And Tamron Hall is gracing us with her presence uh, every week on, on uh, with her new Tamron Hall show that she's doing on her own. So she actually posted something about the difficult uh, conversation and women... Um, that she addressed. So I want to actually play this clip um, from her perspective um, and then address another tweet. Like literally just as she had this show, somebody put out a report about her later that week. So I'm going to play this real quick. So know that sources have described Gabrielle Union as, um, oh, what is the word that they use? Difficult. How could I forget that one? I was being sarcastic because that's the go-to word. It's a trope when it comes to women. We are difficult. Black women are angry and difficult. I have in this business watched men storm out of rooms, puffing and huffing, 
and no one says anything, mm. right? A woman speaks up, you're difficult. We just did a show on likability trap, that women are always in this likability trap. So we're going to stop the clip there. Um, so as she said, women are labeled difficult. Black women are sometimes labeled angry and difficult. We all know about the angry black woman. Have you dealt with that, Renee? I have dealt with it. Several times. At my, Unfor- yeah, at my former job, um, they the word they would use was defensive. Oh, that's why you can just be very defensive at times. That's another way of saying you think I'm angry. And this is I was on a sales team, only black woman. Or you're passionate. You speak. You're very passionate about your thoughts, and they come <laughs> across as let's let's say they just come across as you know. Mm, what's the word for it? That's yeah, how they say it. Exactly. Um, and hair is a thing too. I mean, um, we all know the struggle, especially if you have natural hair. I mean, I have a friend who actually is interviewing for jobs and talks about switching out her wigs and hair based on the interviews. Like, I want to get these braids, but I'm interviewing. And I'm like, okay, and. Listen, my company knows when they met me, I had a fro and I still got one. (laughs) 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 They love my hair. Oh my God, it's so pretty. Rocking your curls and vibrate like my boss knows all the little lingo now. (laughs) You know what though? It's it's funny because I remember years ago I was dating this guy and he had this goatee that I just was like, oh, so sexy. I just love it. (laughs) and I would be like, he would be like, oh, but I'm, you know, I'm going to start interviewing soon, so I need to shave. I was like, shave what? He's like, shave my goatee. I was like, but why? He was like, because it's not professional enough. What do you mean professional enough? Your goatee is just fine. He was like, no, not in the game that I work in. Like, it needs, I have to have a clean face in order to be accepted. And that's like insane. White men have beards all the time yeah when they go to work why can't you have a beard or a goatee yeah why do you have to have a clean shaven face exactly yeah so both men and women people of color you know deal with that um and so no more than a few days of Tamron hall addressing this sharing her story and defending gabrielle union the daily mail publishes an article about her with this headline ABC's Tamron Hall blew a gasket backstage after Kelly Clarkson's talk show was renewed before hers. As ratings slip and producers complain she's too controlling. Controlling is another word that they need, uh-huh. love to use. Um, and so Tamron Hall like posted and she shares, she says, it's ironic. A few days after I said on my show that I've seen men storm out of rooms puffing and huffing and no one says anything while women speak up are viewed as difficult, that someone would leak a false story. As I said while defending Gabrielle Union, it's tired. And it is. My sentiments exactly, Tamron. It's what tired. she said. Right. What she said. It's tired. Like, come up with something else. Do, do better. Come up with something else. It's tired. We've been over this. Like, no. Um... And Gabrielle Union, you know, tweets out, too, um, that she had a lengthy five-hour meeting and what I thought to be productive. 
I was able to again express my unfiltered truth. I led with transparency and my desire and hope for real change. And I love how she put that again in. That's that's answering those questions of I already shared this. Okay, now I'm sharing it with the other people. So heads will roll there because what that means is that somebody did not report her concerns and how many times have we felt like our our you know um opinions our feelings about things in the workplace are gone unheard you know it's this whole idea of like the black woman being invisible and i have been on conference calls and been in meetings where there's all kind of rude behavior taking place you know, comments being made, screaming and shouting. I was on a conference call one, and this was like a senior VP and a sales director. They literally were screaming. And me and the other woman, we were the only two women on there. We were the most level-headed. And I'm like, they say women are emotional. (laughs) Right. You know, but you're right. They get a pass somehow. But we get labeled somehow when we literally do the same things. I'm like, the way we hold back in the workplace, just so that we don't end up like this, you know, it is astounding. And why I continue to say black women are so strong, because we have to do all this oop jumping sometimes. Right. I have somebody now that I'm working with that is, I, she has uh, an amazing points of view and she's a very hard worker. She's a woman of, of color and people blow her off and they are like frustrated with her because she's so passionate and she speaks up for herself mm-hmm. about things that she says. And so she's a younger, um, younger person. And so she always wants to get her point across and, help them to understand. And I was like, the problem is that nobody's explaining to her why things need to happen the way that they do. So she comes across as defensive, but if you would just take time to listen to what she's saying, you'd have a better understanding of what, where she's coming from and why she's saying the things that she's saying. Right. Um, and you'd be able to manage her much better as well too. And say, okay, I get what you're saying. And then she would probably not come as come across as, Listen to what I'm saying. If you would just hear me and stop, yep. and that's how she sounds sometimes. And if it would, if, if they would just come together and have a conversation, it wouldn't be that. Well, think about the hair thing. If you had black hairstylists on set, you wouldn't have those issues because she would have somebody in there every day fixing her hair and making sure it's continuous. But mm-hmm. they don't. And most black women will tell you, They have to come to set with their hair already done and be prepared to fix it because the people that are on set are not able to deal with black hair. Hire people that can manage black hair. If you don't want me managing on my own and doing a bunch of different stuff, hire somebody so that I don't feel like I have to get braids or do certain things, you know, because you refuse to have somebody on set that can manage my hair for me and fix it every day so that it is continuous. And let's see change. And that's what I love that she says. She's like, I hope for real change. Even if it's not her. If the next host is another black woman, you know, what can Gabrielle Union do with this situation that will make it better so that they can really put in some real changes so that people of color are not offended and are not made to feel like, you know, they are difficult and are not pushed out um, by addressing these things. Simon, if he wants to smoke, great. 
relocate him to a separate area, not around, you know, other people where the smoking is. Has a, have a designated smoking area. Hire a black person to be on staff there in the hairstylist room to, you know, make sure that hair is, you know, up to par, but that she can still embrace her natural hair and wear styles that are true to who she is. You know, make sure you're vetting the people that are coming across and that, you know, checking for racial undertones or, you know what, if you know what, that didn't offend me, but I realized it offended you and you are a part of this show. Boom. You don't ever have to worry about it, you know, because it's OK. I, I mean, I think that these companies are failing to realize that they need a diversity specialist. Yeah. Um, in a lot of cases, that's what they're lacking is that you don't have anyone that can speak to what diversity is all about and what it entails and to say, uh, hand up. That's the wrong thing to say. That's the wrong thing to do. This is going to be offensive. And this is why. Yeah. If they were smart, to be honest, they should hire her back as a corporate diversity consultant for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, you've seen Gucci do it with um, Dapper Dan and bringing people on H&M after that first debacle with the monkey um coolest monkey in the jungle thing with the little black boy they hired more um diverse staff so you know nbc's got a me too scandal under their belt now this they need to hire and why not hire a person that really brought it to light and that obviously you know has a great following because she helped your show get better ratings that's one way you can cut her check first of all, <laughs> and then you can hire her in that role and she can feel good about bringing about change because it's not that you, you know, she's an actress. She's, she wants to work at NBC and do all these things. So I'm sure that's kind of why she stayed on through the end of the season. Cause somebody was like, well, she should have just left. This is her job. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't want to quit. You want to see change so that you can stay there and still be productive. Quitting is not the answer when we face these things. It's up to the company. Like we're talking with the Uber, you know, not using Uber isn't the answer for you. It's Uber. Make it better <laughs> so that I can keep using you. Mm-hmm. So NBC, make it better so that Gabrielle or anyone else that, you know, is going to come on any of your shows is not going to have to deal with that kind of behavior. And so that you won't get people stop watching all of your shows and people just blocking you at that point. Exactly. Because there are people who are like, I won't be watching the next season, you know, boycotting and all those kind of things like that. So, so we want to know your thoughts. Um, have you dealt with the difficult black woman label? Um, and how have you handled those experiences um, as a woman, even if you're not a woman of color? Um, what have you dealt with um, with toxic workplaces and maybe feeling invisible as a woman or, or feeling like, you know, you're told your responses are too emotional? And we want to hear your thoughts there. How do you feel about the Uber thing? Do you have like a scary experience like Renee? Like that one still has me shaking, girl. So listen. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think Lolly Love needs to shut up or keep voicing her opinions? <laughs> <laughs> and what about Portia, girl? Yeah, do you believe in re-engagements? I think that's a real question. It is. Do you believe in re-engagements? <laughs> and if so, why? Right. And if so, does it require another ring and a whole nother proposal? 
<laughs> All right. So we want to hear from you. Chime in. As always, you can um, chat with us on social media at Beauty's Banter and use the hashtag Beauty's Banter. And if you've got any show ideas or information um, that you want us to talk about on the podcast, you can email us at beautiesandbanter at gmail.com. And if you want to advertise with us, just shoot us an email at beautiesandbanter at gmail.com. All right. Talk to y'all later.